Hello and welcome to this podcast Flourish with Deepthi and me Selva. Whoever you are, wherever you're from and whatever you do, this is the show that helps you not just restart confidently but also thrive and flourish in your second careers. If you are thinking of restarting your career but don't know where to begin, you have come to the right place. In this season, we'll deep dive into the world of returnees by bringing you expert interviews, research findings and HR perspectives. Being returnees ourselves, we will be sharing our experiences of restarting, both failure and success stories. That's right. If you are wondering how to build that awesome resume or ace that dream job interview or even get insider tips from HR on getting hired, all that and more, we've got it all covered in this podcast for you. So, are you ready? Because it's time for you to flourish. Tune in to Flourish, a one-of-a-kind podcast meant just for you returning to work. I'm Deepthi Rao, a techie by profession, a mentor by passion and a certified happiness coach. And I am Selvakani Selvaraj, leadership coach, certified psychologist and an erstwhile corporate HR expert. And we both are corporate professionals with over 40 years of collective experience. We know what it takes to build, pause and rebuild a successful career all the while playing multiple roles as parents, caregivers and family nurturers. Welcome to the 13th episode of our podcast. It is our guilt that makes us do things which is otherwise really not expected out of us. In our previous episode, we were sharing our stories around this topic. We heard our guest Jacinta share her story of that two-week break which made her realize that her child was actually much happy in his school, his friends, the joy of a school bus ride. But her love was overridden by her guilt that she needs to look after the child by taking a career break. Continuing our discussion around this topic again with our guest Ms Jacinta Jayachandran in this episode. So Jacinta, can you tell us how do we tap into our intuition? and figure out that it's a bad guilt that is bogging us and bringing us down now there's so much awareness selva and deepthi honestly right like look at the conversation we are having you know there is there's something like a flourish there are so many communities uh, to help uh, women across the board you know through various career stages in uh, in life i think there really is uh, i think i think a, a good set of resources available you know in in the form of information knowledge uh people uh mentors coaches etc i think um therefore i would say if somebody tells me i don't know i you know i'm not aware then i would uh, you know i would gently nudge the person to just open up and see what's available you know in terms of everything but i think the place where you begin to do this is really the place where you actually reflect on uh, why you are doing what you are doing right whether it is overcompensating whether it is uh, telling yourself that i am not enough right or i am not doing enough right it's both battles right i am not enough i am not doing enough i am not good enough i that that's you know and the the issue with that uh, uh, deepthi and selva to me is women are subjected to so much judgment right i mean just imagine in a in a marriage scenario let's take it right 
you always discuss whether the girl looks good enough to be, you know, whatever, um, is, uh, you know, is able to, is comes across like a person who can manage whatever, you know, the family of um, the groom is expecting, etc. So your idea of, of fitting in, right, demands uh, that you constantly look at who's setting the bar here, right? It's not you setting the bar, somebody else. And that bar, because it is set by somebody else, you're always going to fall short of it, right? Because the the bar is not set by you. And then comes this whole idea of constantly being in this place of being judged. Not good enough, you know, you know something else is better. This is not okay, you know. And I think... After a point in time, we're just listening to all of these voices in our own head. And then we make those voices our own, right? Um, I have never seen my spouse ever prepared to go to a conference, uh, you know, and spend that many hours to just feel confident in what I wear and how I look, right? He's At the most, he's going to say, maybe this is a formal conference. I'm going to wear a jacket probably and go. But I can tell you, I have seen so many women really fret about that conference they have to attend, right? And why? Because you're constantly battling this idea of, am I good enough, right? Am I appearing good enough? Am I okay? You know, am I going to be judged for this? Because you have been judged, right? You have been judged in so many ways and told you're not cutting it. So it becomes imperative for you to sort of do this over and over again. Where do you set yourself on a different path is one, reflect, sit down, reflect and say, whose bar of success and acceptance are you trying to measure up to? Is it yours? Is it somebody else's? Right. And I think we women ourselves are, I think, really, really guilty of wanting to be perfect. Like you stated in your opening remarks, you know, have you set an almost an impossible bar for yourself? I've got to get a good name from everybody. I have to be seen as the best mother, the best spouse, the best daughter-in-law, the best in everything. Yeah. Who set this? Or have you sort of imbibed this and made these impossible targets your own? And then you're struggling. And then you're sitting and saying, oh my God, you know. And we've sort of made this whole bit about, I'm doing so much. I'm doing so much. I'm doing so much. And you know, when your child turns 13, 14, the child is, I bet my life is going to turn around and tell you why. Why did you do it? Yeah. So I, I keep saying this, you know, don't make sacrifice your uh, your second nature and then assume sacrifice is somehow making you very sexy in life. It isn't. Okay. It's only making you like a person who's sort of clingy and saying, I sacrificed, I sacrificed. And I don't think it's delivering value for any relationship that you are trying to maintain. Instead, set the bar for yourself, right? I can make breakfast very well. Maybe I'm not so good at making lunch, right? I have to rush out early to office. So I'll make one meal. For the other meal, I'll get somebody else to do it. Now, instead, you'll say, I wake up at four o'clock and I cook and I make some 15 dishes and put it on the table. And I'm like, why, buddy? Why are you doing this to yourself, right? Kind of self-sabotage, if you call it. That's the Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And then you say, my God, but I did all this. Not one of them turned around and told me it was nice, right? Or not one of them turned around and asked me if I ate. All of this is saying, 
I'm like, no, don't do this to yourself. Do as much as you can because you're also trying to prioritize, uh, you know, work and life and yourself. And the problem with all that is put yourself in the middle of this whole thing because then you will find even better and more optimal solutions than others. Yeah. I'm convinced. In fact, I don't know, so many points that I felt like we could just get into a tangent and talk for another 10, 15 minutes about yeah, that point. We, you know, absolutely. but uh, yeah, you know, some of the things that really occurred to me when you mentioned is about either we are, and I don't want to say we generalize it, but I've seen some of the women's in, women in my life, either we are guilt-induced or inducing guilt in others. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we are famous for that, actually. Right, uh, especially moms, <laughs> right? Oh yes, it's a whole, it's a whole uh, system. You know, it's a whole system. It's like a barter system. I'm feeling guilty, so you feel guilty it's also now. System. Otherwise, it's yeah, not equal. Yeah. Like I used to travel a lot. Uh, you know, especially because uh, you know I've been an entrepreneur I used to run, and um, you know my aunts would uh, call me up. You know, general conversation would be, "How's your husband managing with you traveling so much?" I'm like. Yeah, my system is set up for taking care of everything. No, no, but you are not there. You know, <laughs> just to answer that takes so much mental energy. You have to prove like you've not only done all of this, but I have earned my stripes as a good wife with my aunt. You know, it's it's a the whole system is geared to make you feel guilty, you know. And unless you break free of that system and ensure you save yourself, and don't serve up guilt to anybody else in life, right? I think you're doing a good job, actually. You know, even yeah. in offices, when somebody says, you know, today is my child's birthday. And then, you know, you'll quickly look at the woman and say, oh, you're not going home early. You know, even that one sentence, right, is enough to tell her, oh, my God, I shouldn't be here. I should be there. Maybe she has something very important to finish that day, right? Maybe she's already informed her family that she's going to be late today. Maybe they've already planned a late night celebration. You have no view of all of those things. Your first instinct is to ask her, buddy, why are you here? Right? Yeah. Yeah. But if a male colleague says, you will say, oh my God, man, you know, you're working so hard, you know, all glory to you. And I think this comes from the whole system. And let me tell you, we women are both the victims and the torchbearers of guilt. Yeah. So and we pass it on. It's Quite a it's... statement to make. Huh? Generational torchbearers. Torchbearers <laughs> carry guilt. Like yeah. that movie you've seen, I don't know if you've seen Jacinta or Deepi, that Thappad movie, they say, where oh, did yes. it come from? Is come My from? mother said that and my mother's mother said that to her mother Correct. and then the previous mother said that. So it's been coming from generations, obviously. Generations. I'm and tuned, cultured like legacy. that. Legacy. It's like the legacy, you know, we are carrying forward and somewhere if yeah. we don't break it in this generation now and don't pass it on to our daughters, you know, to the next generation, then we would have achieved some level of maybe, progress maybe as a society time, Jacinta, you're doing a good uh, you know you're uh, doing good to this generation by talking about it and maybe we're all part Definitely. of that journey of absolving our guilt <laughs> of not passing on i want to ask sure. you one question before we uh, you know, put the torch on hope works which we really definitely want uh, you to tell us more about is uh, you mentioned that you worked about this topic in different places also in corporates 
and i want to understand how has the interest been how has the um how have they received it just some some light on that before we talk about hopeworks i think uh, corporates now in fact the past 15 years that i've been working on um you know the diversity equity and inclusion space working with women leadership returnee programs etc i think uh, the uh, urgency with which um, corporates are approaching and trying to uh, put together uh, programs initiatives interventions i think is admirable i i really think we need to do that at the same time i have i think a few questions are we looking at the cause or are we looking at the symptom the symptom could be burnout the symptom could be stress the symptom could be attrition the cause could be guilt right unless you address the guilt you can only do so much about the symptoms you know i, I always say go to the why of the problem go to the why of the problem and then say what can we do to solve it the why of the problem is this you know enormous sense of guilt that we have right i mean it's it's almost like endemic to us it resides within us guilt is us how do i help myself to get over that guilt so if you're having um, you know maternity programs you know to help a mother through her uh, you know gestation period etc also help her see that you know the child is going to be born and she's going to go through this guilt be aware of it from day one right it's okay to say i have to catch up with my sleep too right put a system in place from day one of the child's birth to be able to get your own rest your own sleep because how can you nurse a child for 6 months without having your own health taken care you know how long are we going to tell the woman oh she's awake in the night and she's managing in the morning and she is doing everything else and then what happens when she turns 50 you know and i'm 53 i can tell you you know she will sit down and say oh my god why did i do all of these things right my health has gone for such a toss in life right i think it's so important that we actually create awareness very early in life you know very very early in life that self care is important right yeah. you putting yourself in the middle of your life is super important when i ran a 6 month program for women leaders in a in a high tech organization believe me you there was one one woman young a tech architect who used to be quiet through the program etc but you know very nice on the day we were having this graduation thing she came and stood in front of me and broke down i said i said whatever happened to you um, and then she said jacinta i finally discovered that i don't have space in my own life that was her statement not mine and i think it's worthy of a book do you have space for you in your own life because in our need to overcome this guilt in our need to be perfect in every role that we play in our need to constantly get a good name and validation from everybody we are just spreading thin and in the long run we have no space in our own life in 24 hours is there a time slot other than when you're bathing and stuff like that for selva and deepthi have you And if you don't do that, you are constantly going to be saying, "Who am I?" Right? Like I don't know who I am. Also, after some time, and I think it's a it's a very difficult phase. So corporates are doing, but I would love to see all corporates and women and women leaders and women communities 
to do deep dive, don't get caught up in, uh, you know, in the immediately available solutions in front of you. Do a little deep dive. Go back and sit down and see what's really not working for the woman. Deepthi's been in Cisco. I've been, uh, you know, consulting, advising, working in large organizations. You still haven't fixed the pyramid representation of women in the top of the pyramid, right? We still haven't fixed it. It is still 1% to 4% from what I know. I mean, maybe the data has changed a little, but I'm 100% sure it's not changed dramatically. With all of these leadership training program investments, why are you not seeing it? Of course, the base from which we are trying to increase is probably very small at middle and senior levels. But let me ask you, all the women who joined in the bottom of the pyramid as young aspirational women, they disappeared in the middle and we're not able to bring them back to create a pipeline for the leadership, right? There is something that is missing and the missing piece in this whole thing is there's no dialogue with the woman to ask, what can we do to help you? Rather, there's a lot of prescription coming towards the woman, which is the same thing as other prescriptions that have come, right? You have to fit into my idea of a perfect woman. You have to fit into my idea of whatever. Now you have to fit into my idea of being a leader. Right? Maybe there is time to reimagine, yeah. redesign, re-engineer, even workplaces, workplace norms. I, I really genuinely say, I think women should be asked to retire post 65, 70. You know why post-menopausal, you have really no responsibilities. You know, you can sort of sit down and you have great energy to work. You know, maybe you, you can work till maybe 65, 70. Why have a retirement age, which is uh, just a thought. I'm saying, can't we imagine by really looking at the life stage and career stage of hope? woman and re-engineer workplaces, not just put more training programs at the woman. You know, I think that is something that I would urge all corporates to really, really look at. Do a deep dive. Do a deep Amazing. dive. I think it's important. That's true. That's true, Jesse. Very, very true. You know, instead of asking the patient what you're going through, you're just writing your prescriptions, right? Take this, take this, take this. And then you'll be a superwoman. And I know what's good for you. And I know what's good for you, by the way, right? I have almost shot the intelligence of the woman to deal with her own self out by telling her, I know what's right for you. And that's what the society has done to us from day one, right? I know what's good for you. That's true. Yeah, exactly. They have numbed that whole feeling that stays exactly. within us exactly. and saying, take this. This is good for you. Take this training. It's good for you. I'll empower you. Yeah. Right? You yeah. want it or not, I'll empower you. Right? Yeah. 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 Putting us on that kind of uh, spotlight is actually doing no good to us. And it's probably adding to more guilt. You never know. Yes. Right? Oh, there's so many yes. trainings. I've undergone these workshops, these trainings. Yeah. And then now I need to be a leader. But here at home, I need to be a superwoman. I need to be a super mother, right? A super daughter-in-law. So I agree. those two contradicting thoughts are more pulling us down, bogging us down even more, um, I would say, right? I mean, let's not make guilt as us, like you said, right? That's where we have, that's what is happening to us. So we have to be really aware, conscious and not make, do that to ourselves. Let's be more kind to ourselves, right? Um, so I think there's a lot more that we want to actually discuss with you. Uh, so I, but we will Maybe just add, you know, don't make it so simple as be kind to yourself. Be fierce about protecting yourself. Be fierce. Yes. Yeah. yeah, protect yourself. Yeah. I mean, what do you have? 
other than protecting yourself, right? This is so important for us. We need to protect ourselves. And that's not just about kindness. It's about creating space for myself, not permitting toxicity in my life. There are so many big boulders to move here, Deepti. There are big boulders. Believe me, you on that. I work with women and girls literally every day. You know it. And I can tell yes. you, yeah. big boulders, needing big, bold, courageous efforts from us and having the courage to be called out as a woman who's difficult. I'm saying, absolutely. Welcome to the world of difficult women. Yeah, welcome. That's true. Correct. I think it's important to look at it like that. If we don't do it in this generation, I think we'll create one more generation um, yes. which will be living with this and I don't think it's required. We don't want one more era of the guilt over here, right? Let's start building ourselves up, moving the boulders and help each other move that like how we do in this podcast. right? We are here together to you know grow ourselves, to be better People, we are much better people ourselves. Let us shine it out, is what I would say, right? Yeah. Uh, before we wind up this episode, uh, let's take a few minutes to talk about HopeWorks Foundation, our mission at HopeWorks, and also let us know our listeners, you know, how we can support you in this amazing endeavor that you are on. Oh, thank you so much. Um, HopeWorks Foundation is really. Um, a for purpose organization. I don't use the word not for profit. You are defined by not what you you know don't do. You are defined by what you do, right? Uh, HopeWorks Foundation is a for-purpose organization. What is our purpose? Our purpose is really to ensure that we truly transform the quality of life of our girls, and that means you know. And we're talking of girls who are under-resourced, right? Um, economically, underrepresented socially underserved educationally, yeah? And for me, these are real deficits. The girl child who comes from that kind of a context really has all of these deficits, not to mention the deficit that comes with being born a girl, which is the gender poverty idea, right? Because you're a girl, yeah, and you were not welcome for whatever reasons, right? I have to make you feel bad. That's the battle for our children and therefore, the door is shut in terms of what they can try and become. Deepti, when I started in 2019, you know, I would just sit with girls in, in, in school. And I studied in a government-aided school myself. And I would ask the girls, like, what would you want to become? And they will draw a blank at you. Like, like, what are you even talking? That's when it stuck me. What's normal for our children is we ask them, what do you want to become? What do you want to become? Right? Whereas yeah. the children who yeah. come from this context are never asked the question, what do you want to become? They are only told, don't become like me. So there's nothing for the child to visualize and say, this is what I want to become, right? Yeah, There's no role model for them. There's, there's no role model. There no is still aspiration. Most of their mothers are working as maids, you know, as uh, really home helps in most places, or they are um, cleaning staff in malls and big hotels or they are cleaning staff in our offices. Now, that's where the idea of a career begins and ends for this girl child, okay? And we're talking about trillion-dollar economies being built on the shoulders of equal participation in labor. How will you do this? So our whole idea is transform that. And how do we transform it? 
again, it brings back to everybody will say, we have to empower the girl child. I'm saying, yeah, right. what is empowerment? Empowerment, in my definition, is finding these resources within me to transform my own life. Now, that is empowerment. And how do I build that capacity? That capacity building is the effort that we undertake. And the two big boulders there for us are really ensuring the child has access to quality education, right? The child could be capable, may have the dreams, but doesn't have the means to go to college like your and my child does. So ensure the child gets into the portals of a college then the child gets an employment. Education plus employment is equal to empowerment in my definition. And that's what we are trying to do for the child. So empowerment is not pulpit speeches, right? Yeah, that is clear awareness about it. It is ground level work to ensure, you know, that they get educated and they get employed and they stay in that employment. For us, that's what we try and do at HopeWorks Foundation. So uh, we work with children as, uh, you know, from eighth grade onwards till they uh, complete their undergraduate and some of them postgraduate programs, which means in those crucial years of say 12, 13 to about 23, 24. And uh, we have centers right now in uh, uh, Bengaluru and uh, Madurai and Nelakotai. We are starting in Mangalore. Uh, Mumbai and Srinagar hopefully this year so uh, it truly is going to be a movement that brings together girls to be able to study to be able to get an employment and through that employment transform their lives one of my children said you know she's the first alumni for us who completed her postgraduate student and her mother comes and tells me ma'am we recently are able to plan our meals basically you're saying we're able to eat well. Not just eat yeah. well, actually eat. eat well. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, that is empowerment. When your stomach is full, right, you can think. You can actionize. When your stomach is not full, what are you going to do? And with that mission, we've started off and we hope uh, to get 1 million kids into colleges. We are also working with your mothers because the girls come back and tell us, I feel very nice meeting you and all of us at HopeWorks Foundation, but my mother is this depressed party at home. Can you do something about her? <laughs> okay. And you know where that is coming from, Deepthi and Selma? It's coming uh -huh. from this woman who has no resources, no means. Come. You and I can buy a toy and come and take over our guilt, right? For a woman who... <laughs> who is not able to serve three meals a day to her child. Can you imagine? And can't buy a toy. Can you imagine mm -hmm. what it means? So we now started working with the mothers too. So truly one million girls, one million mothers, if you are able to do in the next decade, I will believe that's the mission that we are on. How can the listeners who are listening to this help us? Well, multiple things. One is, of course, uh, for-purpose organizations need to be supported with funds. That's one element. You can go and look at the contribute page on our website, which is hopeskipjump.org. You can always give us your time and talent because Deepthi is a mentor um, and manages a vertical for us, which is extraordinary because we have 230 plus mentors from across the globe mentoring our girls 101 because like Deepthi called out, they really lack role models. 
So when they meet a Selva and, you know, one of my children is sitting, say, in Madurai and talking to you, Selva, and you tell her, this has been your career journey. These are the kind of companies you worked in, right? You're suddenly opening up that window a little bit more, right? What gets opened a little with education, a little with training is opened even more with these personal conversations. So you can give us your time, talent, and we're always looking for it. And uh, there is uh, an email ID given on our website and you can always write to us and we'll figure out how you can support us. And I can tell you uh, with complete humility, we are a movement of uh, women and men, almost 300 of us working, working to support the girl child. And it's an extraordinary movement, um, which is set off truly just by the generosity. So maybe... You know, the G of guilt needs to be replaced by the G of generosity. And you will actually thrive, you know, truly. That's what I think it is. Yeah, it's the I same G. It's the same G. Just replace the same G. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Amazing. I mean, it's so Amazing. inspiring to hear you uh, share about HoopWorks, Jacinta. Do tune in for the next uh, episode. We will talk about more specifically around how do you really overcome this guilt more than what we just spoke today. Are there some tips and tricks and some daily habits that you can build? Can we just take a moment to really applaud what you're doing, Jacinta, through HoopWorks and inspiring millions of us? It's an inspiration to hear you. And uh, we want to do our bit for sure. And uh, thank you so much for joining us in this episode. And we look forward to hearing another episode of yours on more on how to overcome guilt. Thank you again. Thank you for having me here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jesse. Uh, we will be sharing the details about uh, uh, HopeWorks Foundations in our show notes. Uh, so please do look up, um, help readers and help us reach many more women who are looking for that inspiration to restart. Remember to like, share and subscribe to Flourish. And we really hope you liked our podcast and definitely this episode because all we do in this podcast is to have meaningful conversations Speak to experts and bring you the real, raw, authentic stories of returnship. Look up our show notes for research links, social media connects of us as well as HopeWorks Foundation. Why just survive when you can thrive and flourish in your career guilt-free? Absolutely. Guilt-free flourish in your career. So bye folks. Until the next time in our next episode with Jacinta.